This episode of The Witch Wave is brought to you by That Witch Life Podcast. They are holding So Mote That Con, a virtual conference on living as a witch in today's world, on October 16th and 17th. Speakers include Madame Pamita, Pamela Chen, and Courtney Weber, and there's a special Q&A session with Amy Cesari of The Coloring Book of Shadows. Workshops range from fairies to discovering your past lives to the goddess Hecate plus so much more, and you can join from anywhere in the world. Register today at thatwitchlife.com. And while you're at it, check out That Witch Life, a hilarious and informative podcast hosted by three lifelong best friends exploring witchcraft, magical mishaps, and spooky pop culture with new episodes every Monday, available on all podcast platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Temperance Home and Bar. If you're looking for a fun and safe way to spend the Samhain season, shop online at Temperance Home and Bar by Floodwitch. There you'll find cocktail rituals and sigil kits geared toward Halloween. Visit www.floodwitch.com or find it on Etsy and Instagram at Temperance Home Bar. And if you use code WITCHWAVE, you'll get 10% off. For magical, radical self-care with a little sanse in it, it's Temperance Home and Bar by Floodwitch. This episode of The Witch Wave is brought to you by Heart of Service, a seven-week online intuitive tarot immersion for anyone who desires to deepen or shift into soul-guided, spirit-led service, taught by tarot expert and prior Witch Wave guest, Lindsay Mack. Enrollment for Heart of Service is open now, and the course runs from October 8th to November 19th. To sign up or learn more, visit lindsaymack.com, that's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-M-A-C-K.com, and be sure to use code WITCH for 10% off your tuition. The world is filled with bewitching people, and you might be one too. Welcome to the podcast where art is magic, magic is real, and reality is stranger than dreams. I'm Pam Grossman, and this is The Witch Wave. And welcome to season five of The Witch Wave. I hope you had a succulent summer and that you are as excited about the fall as I am. I can't wait for temperatures to drop and leaves to change and a new book that I've co-edited and co-authored to come out. 
This is a book called Witchcraft, and it is for Tashin's Library of Esoterica series. I co-edited it with Jessica Hundley, who is the series editor, and it is a gigantic over 500 page tome chock full of images and essays exploring and celebrating the archetype of the witch in visual culture. Now, you may already be familiar with the tarot and astrology volumes from Tashin's Library of Esoterica series, and if you are, you know that they are just mammoth and magical, and you can probably understand why I am so honored and so thrilled that I got to be involved with this next volume. You can pre-order it already, right now, so please go ahead and do so. And it will be coming out later this fall, and we'll be having all kinds of events and exciting things going on to help usher it into the material world, so watch this space. But for the time being, yes, we are still dealing with this dang pandemic. And for many of us, it's really changed our relationship to time and space. And even though we've all been contending with this common challenge, we're not necessarily on the same page about it all right now. And I'm not even just talking about politically, we will just leave that alone for the time being. I'm just talking circumstantially. Some of us are still working from home. Some of us haven't been able to work from home this entire time. Some of us are going back to work. Some of us have been overwhelmed with having children or partners or roommates around much more and not getting enough solitude, while others of us have been isolated and unbearably lonely. But what is true for all of us is that the world kept spinning, the seasons have kept changing, the sun and the moon have kept rising and setting. And for me, nature has felt even more precious than before. At the beginning of this pandemic, I was barely going outside because I live in New York City And we all thought that we were supposed to be avoiding people even outdoors with masks on. And it was really hard to be stuck inside. Having gone through that, and now knowing that being outdoors is much safer than we were initially afraid it was, all of that has made me fall even deeper in love with nature. Now, I can be a real cozy witch when I want to be, and I love curling up with a book and a cat or two, but my craving for being outside has been pretty insatiable lately. The natural world is so abundant and electric, and I've been feeling incredibly grateful for its beauty and imminent magic. Because of that feeling... Lately, I've kept coming back to this quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson's Nature. He writes, quote, The greatest delight which the fields and woods minister is the suggestion of an occult relation between man and vegetable. Unquote. 
Witchcraft is about honoring that occult relationship between the human and the botanical, and I'll add, animal world. To take it further, I think witchcraft is a means by which we traverse these categories and let ourselves experience how truly interrelated we all are. Me, you, a raven, a fox, a linden tree, a wood ear mushroom, we're truly part of the same family and are reliant on each other to thrive. Ecology shows us this, certainly, but so do poetry and spellcraft. Any way we as humans can honor nature, communicate with it, learn from it, acknowledge we are it, is all beneficial because the more we love the world, the more we say thank you for it and show our thanks, the more hope and energy we have to help save it. Right now in the Northern Hemisphere, it is the pagan holiday called Mabin, otherwise known as Witches Thanksgiving. It's a time of harvesting and plenty and getting ready for the darker time of the year that we have stepped into. So in addition to any abundance spells that you may be casting right now, I invite you all to spend time outside if you are able, and to truly give thanks for all that the natural world gives us. Food and air and medicine and endless inspiration. I'll be doing so myself, and I'll be feeling gratitude for all the blessings that have come my way, even during this heartbreaking, life-shaking year and a half. One of those things that's on my list that I'm so thankful for is that I got to speak with today's guest, the musical phenom Nico Case. So many of her songs have meant the world to me, and our conversation about myth and magic and gender and nature was a feast indeed. But before we get to that, first let's check and see what's come through on the Witch Wire. Who is it? Witches! Ellen writes, My question for you is about physical exercise. I've been a regular-ish exerciser for most of my life, and when I exercise, I feel noticeably better. I also feel noticeably happier and healthier when I make time for spirituality and witchcraft. We're now a year and a half into the COVID-19 pandemic, and I have found myself going through a cycle of either exercising regularly and feeling less drawn to meditate and work with spirit, or consistently engaging in my spiritual practice, but not being as regular about exercise. When I imagine the best version of myself, I see myself relishing the benefits of both of these activities. Do you know of any witches, past or present, who marry the two activities that I could take cues from? Or is there something you recommend I do to make my Zumba classes, for example, more spiritually charged so these two areas that feed my well-being become closer connected? Would love any advice. Hi, Ellen. Oh my gods, you are speaking my language. 
because balancing my physical well-being with my spiritual well-being is sometimes a struggle for me too, and I imagine lots of people listening can relate to that. So first off, there absolutely are teachers out there who purport to blend witchcraft, or at least witchiness of some sort, with exercise, and I think this is probably most commonly found in the yoga realm. I know there are lots of witch shops that now host what's called yoga for witches or some variation thereof, so googling around to try to find a class you dig might be helpful here. Just looking on YouTube under the phrase yoga for witches has led me to someone whose handle is Sentia Yoga, for example, though I can't vouch for them as I haven't taken the classes myself. I also am remembering trying something called the five rhythms method of movement, which sounds a little dirty, which is kind of like a freestyle dance fitness program that was designed by someone named Gabriel Roth. And to me, each of the five rhythms feels like they could be stand-ins for air, fire, water, earth, and spirit, though I don't remember her being so blatant about the elements. It just is these five different rhythms that have these different energies. But if that resonates, there are classes and teachers of five rhythms that you can find online as well. But even more than all that, I think you can just take the exercise that you're already doing and simply shift the intention behind it with a tiny bit of extra preparation beforehand. In the psychedelic world, there's this term set and setting, which refers to both the frame of mind and the literal space that you are in before embarking on a psychotropic journey. But I think that terminology is applicable to pretty much anything that we do, and it certainly is when it comes to making magic. So perhaps you can take just five minutes before your workout and do some breathing or meditation, or light a candle or some incense, or dress in an intentional color, whatever it is that makes you feel connected to spirit and lets you say thank you for your body or asks for support around some challenge that you're working through. All of this can really be effective. Furthermore, you may have heard of sex magic, which is a technique of spell casting where you can charge up a sigil or an intention with self-pleasure or with a partner or partners. And the idea is that when you visualize something that you're trying to manifest while you do this, the energy you raise during sex, particularly during orgasm, can supercharge this spell, if you will. But we can also raise our energy in many other ways, and people throughout the world and throughout time have relied on everything from dance to drumming to singing and other forms of bodily generation to bring about magical change. So why not try this when you're exercising? Hold a vision in your mind, an intention that you have, something that you are trying to transform in your life or in the world, and see if the energy you raise during exercise can help manifest it. Or you can listen to what I've been talking about at the top of the show and get outside. 
walking or jogging somewhere, but really paying attention to the mystery and majesty of nature all around you while you're doing it can be a truly spiritual act. You can also do what I do sometimes, which is to make a magical pilgrimage on foot to a special spot a little bit further afield than you might usually go. When you get there, you can leave an offering or do a ritual of your choosing. It is a splendid way of connecting to nature and spirit, and it's good exercise for that sacred body of yours too. Now, on to my guest. Nico Case is a Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter, as well as a member of the band The New Pornographers. Her solo music has been described as everything from country noir to art rock, but it transcends genre and soundscape. What is consistent are her signature brilliant lyrics, which are full of sharp metaphors and enchanting mythological fragments, as well as that spectacular voice of hers, which cuts the air like a diamond. God bless me, Nico's seven solo albums include her 2006 breakthrough album, Fox Confessor Brings the Flood, her two Grammy-nominated albums, Middle Cyclone of 2009, and 2013's The Worse Things Get, The Harder I Fight, The Harder I Fight, The More I Love You. You could say it's my instinct Yes, I still most recent album, Hell On, is a gorgeous sonic tapestry of such tumultuous topics as climate change, twisted fate, and heartache. I was an eyelash in the shipping lanes And now I'm so scared about mystery I fear I smell extinction in the folds of this Novocaine age coming on I miss the smell of mystery Reverb leaking out of tavern doors And not knowing how the sounds were made 
She also released a truly lovely collaborative album with musicians Katie Lang and Laura Veers called, appropriately enough, Case Lang Veers. Supermoon and all the diamond deals I made. You never used to live this long. Pioneers, my dear, press on, move along. If my smile seems painted all once in a while, I can count on you to notice and to take me out. On a personal note, Nico has said incredibly kind things about my illustrated book, What is a Witch, that I did with Tin Can Forest, which, heads up, is coming back in print soon. I'll be announcing it when it does. And she was generous enough to blurb my nonfiction book, Waking the Witch, and I am still pinching myself that that happened. Speaking of writing, Nico recently launched a Substack newsletter called Entering the Lung, where she writes about her relationship with the natural world, and it is one of the best things I get in my email box, so do subscribe over at nicocase.com. I know that being available to speak with me when she did was bittersweet for her, as she had to cut her recent tour short due to coming down with COVID herself, and I'm beyond grateful that she was so generous with her energy and time. Nico joined me from her home in Vermont via Zoom. Nico Case, welcome to the Witch Wave. Hi, thanks for having me on the Witch Wave. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so thrilled you said yes. Thank you, thank you. So let's just get the big thing out of the way. Nico, I am so sorry to have read on Instagram that you came down with COVID and you had to stop your tour. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. It's lonely and boring, but... It's, you know, I got vaccinated, so I'm not really sick. I don't think I've ever cracked a fever, but I definitely didn't feel good. Um, So I'm fine. But, uh, you know, people who are vaccinated, you can get COVID without your mask on and you can spread it to other people. Yeah. Don't forget that. Exactly. It's not a free for all yet. (sighs) Exactly. It's not mass Frenching in the streets yet. (laughs) Damn it. When will it be? I know. I know. So you and I are talking in early September right now. As an artist, how has the last year and a half been for you? Have you been able to have more fertile sanctuary creative time or has it just been like having a limb cut off because you're not able to perform? I think it's just human dysphoria. Like, I don't know who I am anymore. (laughs) But I just did a short tour. Like at least we got to do a little bit of a tour and 
that I felt like I was kind of starting to get a handle on who I was. And then I got COVID from Reno who I took the gamble because I love Reno and I wanted to go there and they did. And I actually almost saw you in Woodstock and then couldn't make the timing work out. How was that show? It was really, really fun and really, really hot. Oof. Yeah, it was it was a broiler. But the broilers are usually pretty good. How, why? Because like, I, I don't I think there's something about it being so hot that, you know, like, well, I'm going to sweat through my clothes. I'm going to look like I just went through a car wash, but you kind of let go of a little bit like, well, we've already flushed that projection into the toilet. So we don't have to look super pro. We can just look super sweaty and let our hands slip off the guitars. Well, that's very rock and roll too, though. That's awesome. Have you been able to do any writing and creative work over the last month or year and a half rather or has it just been kind of a dry well at the moment because I know for a lot of my friends it's been challenging it's been really hard because it's almost like there's this weird like what a pandemic should be feeling that we all Mm -hmm. have like oh I should have gotten so much done at home but I I worked a lot for jobs and so uh, there wasn't any free time Mm -hmm. in the end Mm -hmm. ever there's just that feeling of like you're a stray dog like where's my next meal gonna come from is it all gonna fall out is the bottom just gonna fall out completely and it's been that way for a few years because I lost my house a couple years ago to a fire too so it's like nothing ever stabilizes yeah so I've been in a really groundless place for a long time but you know I'm still okay and i i have lots of jobs so that's good Mm -hmm. but you know at what cost i don't know yet since you brought up the fire and i'm sure you talked so much about it when it first happened so i don't mean to retread tired ground but okay i am curious though you know now that it's been a couple years because that happened was that in 2017 or 2018 Yeah. Yeah, yeah before hellon came out what perspective do you have now on place, on home, on possessions a couple years out now that it looks like you've rebuilt? Well, no, this is just the part of the house that is still standing. I see. Um, the, it, we haven't rebuilt yet. It's kind of like partially. It's like boxes of drywall sort of. Okay. That you can go in, but you can't put anything anywhere. Like I haven't put my clothes in the dresser in a really, really long time mm. and, or taking a bath, which, you know, it, it's not the biggest deal in the world. It does like, there's no attachment to home. Like those things are just kind of little symptomatic things, but the not being able to do your daily things, the way you do them or put things where they go, it's just a, a fucking up of your very basic life rituals, you know, that are really important to making you feel grounded. Yeah. Well, it seems so puny to say, I'm so sorry that happened to you, but I truly, truly am. It's okay. Cause it's not the end of the world. It's a house and there was stuff and nobody died. So, you know, that, and Jeff wasn't hurt, which is really important. Yeah. And my daughter wasn't here, luckily. 
And your your animals were okay too? Yeah, they're all fine. Okay. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I was thinking about the idea of you as like a vagabond, a wanderer, because you use so many tropes of fairy tales and fables. And like, I feel like your songs often take place in this myth space. But I was thinking so much about like how fairy tales often feature a young woman and she's orphaned or she has to reject her original home or place of origin and then wander out into the forest, right, and have these adventures. And reading your biography, it seems to me like you kind of were that fairy tale heroine at a pretty young age, having, you know, left your parents early on and then living in so many places and spaces all over the world. And so I just wondered, does that resonate? And does the space of like fairy tale and myth still feel like fertile ground for you in your writing? Um, it does. I, I mean, I, I don't know that I understand it more every year. I I don't think I ever really want to understand it all the way. It might even be arrogant to think that I could understand it because I probably can't because there's a lot of people who want to take things that you find mysterious and just dash them against the rocks and explain them away. I think that I'm a really, really logical person who likes science and other things, but I'm also old enough to know that I have no idea how the universe works, Mm -hmm. which is comforting. And so the possibilities are still really great. And I don't always know what to do with that. Yeah. And and right now I'm definitely like in one of those places where I'm still a liquid (laughs) from one event to the other. Like I haven't fully formed again. Though I feel good. I love what you're saying, but I think you're talking about maybe, and correct me if I'm wrong, not wanting to overanalyze the lyrics of your songs or, you know, because I know a lot of people talk about you in the same breath as like folklore, myth, fairy tale. And maybe for you, that doesn't feel like a productive way of talking about your songs. You just want the images to be what they are. I do. I do and I don't, I, I definitely don't ever want to explain anything else. Like I kind of know what my lyrics mean, but I don't want to wreck it for other people. And in writing new material, I definitely turn to that. I think a lot of, about the difference between fairy tales and what people consider, you know, writing. Me looking at fairy tales might not be considered writing. Why? As fairy tales and folklore are kind of the realm of women, which is, you know, what you talk about a lot in your book. And it's really an easy way to dismiss someone or to explain away somebody's reality Mm. by saying it's a, you know, a superstitious or feminine realm. Mm -hmm. It's not respected, I don't think. I don't disagree. And yet... I see you as someone who does it anyway. And like, I feel like for me anyway, you express so many incredible and important sentiments about nature and 
it feels very grounded. I'm not trying to frame it as only happening in this like ether space of magic. Like it's very clear you have a lot of grounded material. But I love that you use the fairy tale tropes like in this kind of magpie way. It feels like you're kind of taking images and threads from everything from the Bible to stories you might have heard when you were a kid, all of that, and weaving it in together. And I don't know if you're doing it consciously or not, but it's something I deeply appreciate about your music. And I I love that it has that quote-unquote feminine aspect to it, even as it's also super you know, at times aggro and tough too. I think it's a a beautiful alchemy between all of these different sides. Well, thank you. I I, I guess I just don't know how to explain it yet. (laughs) I do use it on purpose and I do just think I'm working on some original idea and then I'll be like, oh, you just, that's not original at all. And talking of writing, you started this Substack newsletter called Entering the Lung. If there is a through line, seems to be about nature and ecology and the environment. But to just kind of sum it up that way, squashes it. And it's this really holographic, multidimensional way that you write. And I find it to be so beautiful, Nico. So what made you start writing this substack? What What is it that you felt compelled to express with entering the lung that you aren't able to express in your music? Well, I think that every song is totally different, but the lung has a very specific intention, which is, you know, trigger things or to to get people to analyze like, oh, do I have a daily relationship with nature? Is there something in nature I notice every day? Is there something that's constant? Is there something I depend on? Is there something that makes me happy? Is there something in nature that makes me feel like I belong to it or it to me at at what times do we feel that we are subjugating nature or do we feel like we're just like a log in the in the river you know it's like we don't really have a choice what's happening if we go deeper and we think about our daily relationship with nature if we have one even from like where does this egg come from that I'm eating in this egg McMuffin? What, what is this? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I don't want people to feel disheartened because I, I was a very pessimistic person for a very long time. And I really was hoping for like a, a soft extinction where we just all eventually died out, you know, mm. when our lifespans were, were complete. Um, and, you know, I've never had any kids for that reason like I didn't think it was okay a because my blood family are horrible people and I have no idea how to be a parent Mm. um but then also there are so many kids already that nobody wants Mm. why would I do that Mm. um and I you know I really changed my life or built my life around it and I don't regret it but I definitely see it differently now. What changed for you? I read a book by Robin Wall Kimmerer called Braiding Sweetgrass. Yes. And she talks about plant species that need human beings to thrive and to propagate like sweetgrass. I then realized from her book that we really do belong here. Mm. And 
that nature is already propagating and healing itself like crazy. And one person does make a difference because nature kind of, you know, triples your, triples your donation because it's already like millions of cycles of generation happening all the time. Yeah. Healing itself, making new life, transforming other things into new life. She, she kind of made a place for the human being as an animal that is part of nature and is in the family. We're not the bastard child who doesn't deserve this place. We do. We, we really have to earn it, but we do. And if, if one person stops using straws to go in the ocean, great. That's great. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's do way more. And I'm not like, I'm not good at explaining these things right now because I'm foggy. I'm well, foggy as shit. You COVID have COVID is, right it's, now. It's the dumbing <laughs> virus. You are being perfectly articulate. Um, and I have to say, you're like the first optimistic person I've spoken to in at least a year. So <laughs> brava to you. Thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, it's got it. I mean, Robin Wall Kimmerer deserves all the credit for that. She, you know, she said the words that nature has been screaming at me all this time. She interpreted it for nature, you know, not personally for me, but I was ready to listen. And that lined up with reading her book at the right time that I'd been living in this place. And if that's not an epiphany, I don't really know what is. Like, I'm not going to have a self-generated one on my own. (laughs) I needed Robin Wall Kimmerer and her years and years and years of biological research and looking into her own heritage. Mm, Gorgeous. On that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. I am a big fan of therapy and have seen firsthand how much talking to a professional has helped me manage my own anxiety and stress and trauma so that I can live the fullest life I possibly can. I've also seen how it's changed the lives of so many people that I care about for the better as well. And that's why I am encouraging you to check out BetterHelp which is an online counseling service that can provide you with your own licensed professional counselor to talk to via video or phone sessions. And it doesn't have to be that heavy of a topic. Maybe you just need a place to be heard and have an outside perspective on your everyday struggles with your job or your relationships. We all have so much that we're carrying with us these days between our personal issues and, need I say, global issues, and it's just a lot. And I'm telling you, talking it all through with someone who is trained and objective and not a friend or family member is such a gift because their job Their actual job is to listen to you and help you work through your feelings about it all. So please consider reaching out to the folks at BetterHelp, and they'll connect you with a counselor who you can start chatting with in under 24 hours. And they've been doing remote sessions since before it became the norm, so they've built a platform that's accessible, convenient, and secure. 
also know that BetterHelp offers financial aid to those who qualify, and they make it really easy to switch counselors so you can find one that you truly click with. Best of all, Witchwave listeners get 10% off your first month of counseling by going to betterhelp.com slash witchwave. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash witchwave. Please take care of your mental well-being. It is so necessary, and there is absolutely support out there for you. Do what over a million people have done already, and head on over to betterhelp.com slash witchwave, find a great counselor to talk to, and know that I am here rooting for you. Feel well, and take good care with BetterHelp. Sea Grape Apothecary is a queer-owned, pleasure-focused apothecary and shop in Portland, Oregon, on a mission to turn self-care into a love affair. Their signature line of magical self-care goods boasts everything you require to tend your inner witchy babe this autumn, from spelled body oils to ritual soaps to themed monthly witch kits filled with magical goodies. I myself am a big fan of their wood and smoke bath soak. Ugh, it is heaven. And I can also attest to their wonderful classes. You can get to know more about them at Sea Grape Apothecary on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. And you can shop their goods at SeagrapeApothecary.com. That's S-E-A, grape, like the fruit, apothecary.com. And you can get 15% off your first order when you use code WHICHWAVEEQUINOX. That's 15% off your first order with code WHICHWAVEEQUINOX. Welcome back to The Witch Wave. Today I'm speaking with Nico Case. So Nico, we were talking about nature and it makes me think of this line I believe you wrote. um, This is off your incredible album that you did with Katie Lang and Laura Veers. And this is the song Supermoon. And in that song you write, nature isn't magic. It's just a mystery to us. So I'm prompted to ask, what is your relationship to magic? You certainly sing about spells and superstitions. You have the song Bad Luck off of Hell On and, you know, many, many other examples. Your beautiful cover of the song Hex. Do you have a relationship with magic or does that just feel like a kind of metaphor for you? How literal do you think magic is for you in your life? How useful is it? As a, as a concept, um, I have a very strong relationship with intention. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that they're so different. I guess magic is is like a secondhand word, not used by the user. Mm. Does that make sense? 
magic seems like a word that would be put on somebody from the outside, mm-hmm. which may or may not be true. I don't know the etymology of the word magic, but it's just manifesting things, mm-hmm. um, which is possible. Like I know that setting an intention and visualizing it and making it come true can work. How much of that is an unquantifiable chemistry? I don't know. Mm. And that unknown could be magic or it could be something else. I don't know. But the not knowing is is the nice part. The word magic, I think I grew up with and it's just so familiar. It sounds like a, a parlance of somebody who's outside of it to me. I don't know. I don't know what my relationship with magic is. I'm into it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm open to it. I like it. And people who love it and hold it close to their heart, I get it. But I also, I don't, I also don't know what it is. Okay. But I think that's, I think that's okay. I do too. I absolutely do too. Were you raised with any kind of spiritual paradigm or any, any religious system? Um, there was like really super mild, like saltine cracker kind of Christianity, like picture the most passionless bringing in the sheaves kind of singing. (laughs) I think they were Methodists and Catholics also, but my parents got into, my dad got into being a Seventh-day Adventist and then things got really dark. Mm. Like it was a really negative religion is very much about taking anything you enjoy and making it not okay. Shameful. Yeah. And like rock and roll or something. And I remember they were very into making the devil a very real thing Mm -hmm. and would say like the devil is here and he's really scary. Mm. And they talked about the apocalypse a lot. And I just knew it wasn't right. And I knew that it was turning my dad into somebody I didn't know. He was already a stranger to begin with. So it, it was just a really dark time. Yeah. And I remember having to go to Saturday school and uh, just feeling with every cell of my body, like, this is dangerous. Mm-hmm. This is not where I should be. This is literally dangerous. But I do remember there was a kid in my Saturday school class who uh, he would not stop wearing his Def Leppard t-shirt. <laughs> and they were like, it's satanic. Mm-hmm. And he was like, not satanic. It's a rock band. He was kind of my hero. He just wasn't giving up the ghost. He was like, no. Hell yeah. And at that time, I don't know, Reagan was in the White House and people really believed that there were satanic adults out there oh yeah the satanic panic yeah (laughs) and it was like are you fucking kidding me Mm -hmm. you're kidding me right it's like i'm listening to heart (laughs) and you know a little men at work here (laughs) that's definitely the path to hell come on dude colin hay he's a dark man he's a dark (laughs) man 
But this makes me think of your gorgeous song, Hold On, Hold On, from Fox Confessor Brings the Flood, where you sing, it's the devil I love, it's the devil I love, and that's as funny as real love, and that's as real as true love. So when you're invoking the devil in that metaphorical way, does it feel like you're kind of speaking to that upbringing a little bit, or are they kind of compartmentalized for you? Yeah, I think so. The idea of the devil was ridiculous, and the idea of there's one true love for you in this life, and you get married to them and have a baby, and you love no one else ever again, and you know, the complete separation of men and women into two genders on two teams only, like. It was such a ridiculous notion. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean. <laughs> I, I do uh, yeah, know the, what you the, mean. The Adventists were terrifying, and I'm sure people would say, it was such a nice time. I really liked that church. I remember running into a kid who was in that church with me later when I was in a band, and I was like, oh, my God, that place was fucking terrifying. And he was like, I really enjoyed it. And I was just like, <laughs> Where where the fuck were you? Yeah. Did you have no nerves or instincts whatsoever? Like mm-hmm. it was either a camp of pedophiles or I don't know what was going on in there, but my body was absolutely re- saying no. Mm-hmm. And then I, I start I refused to go to church anymore at a certain point. And my yeah. dad didn't stop me. I think he kind of maybe it dawned on him a little bit that. I was having sort of a visceral reaction and, uh, you know, I didn't realize this till he died, but he had been, you know, uh, sexually abused as a little kid. Mm. And I think that's the only reason he saw it Okay, and didn't make me go, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is really sad to me now to think that like, you know, that's the only reason he would have gone, Oh, She's having a horrible time. Like he would have made me do it otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Strange blessings. You know, you and I share, I think, a real interest in, I'll call them like maligned mythical women. I mean, I remember reading an interview with you where you talked about a book you were reading about the Amazons and how it really affected you and, and really inspired you and... I said this to you off mic, but I'll say it to you again, like having you blurb my book about witches waking the witch, truly like one of the greatest honors. And I'm so grateful to you for doing it. And I can only assume that you did so. You and I didn't know each other beforehand, but because there's something about the archetype of the witch that you connect to as well. So I'm just wondering when you found these kind of maligned magical women, um, was it in music? Was it in story? Like, when do you remember first becoming kind of attracted to those kinds of archetypes? And and what do they offer you? I guess just basic validation. You know, when the bad guy's having feelings and saying the feelings out loud and the good guy's all polished and good and still gets their way anyway, it's like, yeah, that kind of looks like real life. Maybe the bad guy really isn't bad. Mm-hmm. There were so many times I wanted the bad guy to to win. <laughs> Do you remember a villain that you loved when you were younger? 
or villainous? Well, Dracula. I mean, <laughs> Dracula has the funnest life. Really. I mean, nobody ever made Dracula's life look shitty. I mean, he's very glamorous. I mean, all the all the things supposedly that are terrible about Dracula's life have been made to look really dark and interesting and fun and disruptive and great. Gets to sleep like, all day. Why would I not want to be Dracula? <laughs> Absolutely. Or, you know, just Greek mythology. Women were always getting the shaft. Mm-hmm. And it was so obvious. It was just like, well, what fucking choice did she have? Yep. You raped her and then you turned her into a Gorgon. Like, yep. what did she do? <laughs> you know, it's like, God. Um, poor Medusa. She got a really bad rap. And then she? anybody who is supposedly kind of okay, like Athena, they turn into a total woman-hating douchebag. So it's like, what what choice do we have here? Yep. It just teaches you that, like, the two-gender system doesn't work and uh, the possibilities are stacked from the beginning. Totally. You know, I love the way that you write about gender or just write gender. I'm thinking about a song you have called Man. I'm thinking about that great lyric you have, I've fucked every man I've wanted to be. I'm thinking about like your Twitter profile where in your gender, you know, where you're identifying your pronouns, you kind of cheekily wrote she slash sir. And so I'm wondering how you think about gender these days. We talked a little bit about it off mic, but I'd love for you to expound upon, do you find gender even like a useful construct anymore? Well, gender is a useful construct if you're looking at what needs to heal like what were you forced into that didn't really fit mm-hmm. like oh, okay that makes sense that I feel that way about that because that wasn't working for me I don't I don't think I would identify as a woman if I were you know 20 years younger mm-hmm. at all not no that's not true I think I would be just non-binary I, I feel probably slightly more masculine than I do feminine. Hmm. And I even have, you know, issues with being toxically masculine at times. In terms of but being I, I, aggressive or dominant yeah, or just, all of that? Just when faced with being backed into a corner or underappreciated or threatened or those those things come out, they're natural and they're not good. Mm-hmm. They're definitely like the poison made by imbalance. Yeah. The gifts that the younger generations have given us of, you know, just saying these things out loud and pointing out that gender is a spectrum are very, very, very valuable. And like, I feel that the generation that I'm a part of can heal thanks to that. Yeah. Like we can, we can get out. Okay. From the whole thing. But I I definitely also feel that I fought so many battles as a she that I can't leave now. We are so hated. Women are so hated Mm -hmm. that I will not abandon it now. 
But that doesn't mean that people who are not adopting the term or don't feel comfortable calling themselves she or her, that doesn't mean that they're not doing something correct. They're absolutely doing the right thing. But I'm going down with the she ship for sure. And I'm going <laughs> to cut some mucker- motherfuckers thread out while I'm doing it. Fuck yes. On that note, we're going to take another quick break and we'll be right back. Dive into the magic of stories with an independent, witch-owned bookstore. From occult how-to books to fictional tales, the Spiral Bookcase carefully curates stories that give you a glimpse through the worn spot in the tapestry and a chance to transcend reality for a moment or two. Explore magical books alongside a bewitching collection of candles, tarot decks, crystals, and ritual objects, all hand-selected for their wonder and enchantment. We have to support our indie bookshops right now more than ever, so please go on ahead and visit the Spiral Bookcase virtually at spiralbookcase.com or follow along on Instagram for recommendations, sneak peeks, and more from bookseller and owner Victoria. That's at Spiral Bookcase. Are you a witch longing to be yourself without fear of judgment or rejection from others? Jessica Globe is a life coach who helps her clients move beyond crippling fear and anxiety about being judged so they can stop hiding and start being who they truly are. She works with witches, empaths, and creative folks who are tired of playing small and want to embrace their wild, magical nature. This one life is too precious to leave up to someone else. Learn to trust your inner voice with confidence so you can fully embody the powerful witch within. Visit jessicaglobecoaching.com witch to schedule a free consultation with Jessica. On the call, she'll give you a roadmap to get you from where you are to where you want to be in life. And together, you'll figure out if coaching is right for you. Save your spot now at jessicaglobecoaching.com slash witch. That's jessica, G-L-O-B-E, coaching.com slash witch. Would you like even more Witch Wave? Then come join us on Patreon, where you'll get bi-weekly bonus Witch Wave Plus episodes ad-free Witch Wave episodes, and detailed show notes for all. Rewards also include magical merch and giveaways, early heads up about my workshops before they sell out, and all backers get access to our exclusive digital coven, where I lead monthly rituals and video chats, and where you can connect to a community of other wonderful witches. So head on over to patreon.com slash witchwave and sign up. It's a fabulous way to get more magic in your life and to support the show. Thanks so much. Her mouth was sharp as the rib of a star. She told no tame truths that would break our own hearts. We were
Welcome back to The Witch Wave. Today I'm speaking with Nico Case. So we were just talking about gender and I am reminded of that gorgeous, awesome song on Helen called Winnie. And there's this great lyric, we were warriors, we clothed ourselves in the guts of our enemies who had no respect for the wild. So I want to talk about wildness. This is a theme that seems to come up in a lot of your music. I feel like so many articles that I read about you, they're talking about you as having some wild energy. I personally love the word wild, um, but I just wondered what your relationship is to wildness, whether that's as a woman or just as a human animal. I think it's just as a human animal. Um, I spent a lot of time in very remote places alone as a little kid for really long periods of time. And I, I find a lot of value in it. And Mm -hmm. I think it's the reason that I am an observer as a person. Mm -hmm. There's a slowness to wildness. That's really enriching. I think I got a lot out of it. And it's the reason that I still have that little kernel of hope Mm. for people. I love that. It it reminds me of, I don't know if you ever read Women Who Run With the Wolves, the Claressa Pinkola Estes book, but there's this great quote that she has. She writes, and it's a little long, but she writes, be wild. That is how to clear the river. The river does not flow in polluted. We manage that. The river does not dry up. We block it. If we want to allow it its freedom, we have to allow our ideational lives to be let loose, to stream, letting anything come, initially censoring nothing. That is creative life. So I wonder if wildness for you feels inherently connected to your own creativity and your own music making or and writing. It does. It's. I think there's a lot of self-censorship you can do away with, but it doesn't mean that self-editing goes by the wayside. It's a practice that makes it easier to figure out what is essential to what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. Like with art, you know, you're, you're trying to get, like people can pretend that they're not all they want, but people are saying something to other people. And, you know, you think about it, you go, well, is, is what I'm saying right here, if I'm my audience, will they see it like I see it from here? I have to change perspective a lot to know. And you can never really know, like there's no, you, you can't pinpoint it. But if, if you look at it and you can think, well, I think that nine tenths of this is what I intended it to be or six eighths of it or whatever it is. I don't <laughs> mm-hmm. know what the, there's no real mathematical ratio. It's all eyeballing. Then you can have a sense of, of what you're doing and what you're capable of, which is maybe as close as you get to self-examination. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But that seems to be the big takeaway for me from like art school. Yeah. And you can spend a lot of time there learning that and it's valuable. However long time it takes you to learn that putting it into practice is sounds really easy, but it's not. 
Mm-hmm. It's really hard to let go of yourself and step back and look at yourself. It's enlightening in ways that it, it isn't, aren't very comfortable a lot of the time. Yeah. But it's better to do it than not to do it. Do you think your relationship to nature and your love of nature has helped free up that wildness in your creative life? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been working for other people a lot lately, so I'm kind of like, yes and no. I've had to kind of do it for other people in a different way. And then with the lung, I kind of do it for myself. But the lung is, to me, is still feeling a little bit constipated. Like it wants to be something a little bit more free. Like it doesn't, it's not quite, not quite there yet. Mm. Mm. So I haven't like started the paid content stuff yet because I'm, I'm still kind of figuring out what it is. Well, whatever. I already told you I love it, but I totally respect that you're still having to let it flow and figuring out what shape it wants to take. You have a beautiful line that you wrote in that newsletter. You wrote, I have been inching into the freezing water of loving something much bigger and wilder than myself for a while now. I mean, you wrote that probably a few weeks ago. Do you still feel like something is growing and percolating and kind of feeling like you're falling more in love with something grand or wild? Yeah, I do. I've I've definitely not. I mean, I'm not in my most positive state right now because I'm sick. But like, of course, I've been feeling like a kindergartner, not in a good way lately. Just Mm. like you don't know shit. You need to start over again. Monkey mind, fool's mind. Yeah, but I think that's normal too. I do. Trying not to get caught up. I'm trying to let it just happen. Yeah, it's like okay, I'll go back to first grade. That's all right. Yep. Yep. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about your gorgeous voice, Nico. I mean, you mean this whole thing? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Pam, for bringing it up. (laughs) I will not ask you to sing today, your poor vocal cords. But truly, like, it's interesting because I've heard people describe your voice as smoky. To me, it doesn't feel smoky. I think it's like clear water. Like, it reminds me of, like, this reverberating, beautiful bell. It's so I clear. fucking wish it was smoky. Do you know how long <laughs> I've been sad that it, like, I tried to smoke myself into an early grave from, like, 14 to 21 trying to have a smoky voice. And I had to go, this is stupid, and quit smoking. Oh like, God. I literally tried. And I wanted to have a deep voice, too, and I don't. I have a nasal penetrating voice (laughs) that many consider to be one of the best voices that has ever occurred on the earth but okay i hear you well (laughs) maybe covid will help you you in that case no it's just it it sounds like i'm not grateful like i i do like my voice and I, i feel better since learning about bulgarian music made me feel a lot better because i my voice never fit in like it's not pretty it's not smoky it's not low it's not the things that a voice is supposed to be, you know what I mean? Or a voice that I really worship. It's not like any of those voices. And so I was like, God, it just doesn't fit in anywhere. Like I don't have vibrato, for example, really. Like I can't do it. And people who are really good singers can do the wah, 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 wah on their voices and I could never do it. 
Um, I'm really loud. I can hold a note for a, a pretty long time, but not that long to be abnormal. And my speaking voice is pretty much the worst. But Nico, this is insane. I feel like this is an insane conversation. It's not because I'm not saying that I don't, I'm not complaining about my voice. I'm saying I didn't understand it. Yeah. Until I heard Bulgarian music. Mm. And I was like, okay, diaphonic harmonies, mm. drones, that's what my voice was meant for. Mm. When I heard drones and diaphonic harmonies, I got it. I was like, okay, people used to sing together in a way that was super resonant, probably at a certain point for communicating over distances and probably as warnings because the diaphonic harmonies are really startling mm-hmm. if you hear them. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a room with them, you can feel them. And I can't imagine that it wasn't even used as some sort of weaponry at some point, or at least a defensive tactic. So I was like, okay, it's a penetrating sound. It can go a long way. And it's it's meant to either warn or to warn off, maybe. Mm. Mm. Or it's just saying, you know, Ludmila is wearing a pretty dress. (laughs) But I, I just felt okay, that's where it came from and I get it now mm-hmm. and I'm not going to feel so weird about it anymore. Oh my goodness. Well, your voice, I think, and many of agree with me, it is so beautiful and it is so powerful. And that power to me is what gives it like its magic and its beauty and its resonance and its weaponry, all the things. And, you know, I have all these quotes that I brought. And for some reason, it's another Clarissa Pinkoli Estes quote from Women Who Run With the Wolves that wants me to uh, quote it right now. She writes, to sing means to use the soul voice. It means to say on the breath the truth of one's power and one's need to breathe soul over the thing that is ailing or in need of restoration. And so, I don't know. I just feel like that's what your voice does for me. That's what your music does for me. And I know many people who are going to hear this are going to feel the same way. So I'll just you know, start to wind us down by asking, how does it feel when you're singing? It feels incredible. It really does. To clench down onto something like you're holding it and for a sound to come out of it, it's just all going to sound like pooping no matter how I, (laughs) no matter how I paint this picture, unfortunately. But it's kind of like, I tried to describe it once, and I think the best I could come up with was it's the force that a fire hose has with the water behind it. It's the water running through the vessel that makes the shape of the vessel, but not in the way that, you know, that really lame artist description of like, I'm... I just channel whatever's happening, you know, that bullshit, like it doesn't work. Well, I just channel the muse kind of thing like that. I hope people haven't used that for a while, but I remember seeing it plenty Mm. as a younger person and just going, what am I doing wrong here? Cause man, this is really hard work. Yeah. Um, 
It takes skill and, and it, effort and refinement as well. Yeah, and creating the shape with the water in the hose, like it's it's all the muscles. And uh, I COVID definitely took away that really, really physical aspect mm. of my life. And uh, doing it for the last couple of weeks was really, really great. And I really want to go back to it, but I don't know when I'll get to do that. Yeah. Well, Nico, I hope it's soon. I hope you heal up so, so quickly. And I hope that whatever this weird time is for you just helps you, you know, create whatever it is you're meant to create next and that it just leads to even grander, more beautiful, more magical things. And I have no doubt that it will. But in the meantime, I hope you take such good care of yourself. I truly, truly do. Because thank you, uh, I I will be fine. And I literally have to. Ha- I don't even think I've had a fever. Let me end by mentioning one final thing, which is um, you recently did a cover of a song. It's a, a tribute to. Is it Rocky Erickson? Is that how you pronounce yes. it? Yeah. Yes. That's a great thing to mention. Thank you. And it's a song called Be and Bring Me Home. And Nico, I've been listening to it like on repeat. I mean, it's it's so, so beautiful and it's been really comforting for me and soothing. So I just wanted to maybe end and take us out by asking you how that song and that opportunity came about and, and what that song means for you. Well, the folks at Light in the Attic asked me to do a song, and I originally said no because Rocky Erickson is such a huge deal to me. Mm. His songwriting and his way of being and his music in general were just such a huge part. Like back, I don't know, I guess for kids who were Gen X, you know, the people who made music that wasn't of the mainstream and made crazy rock and roll and stuff were just called freaks mm-hmm. and we were all just freaks and rocky erickson was one of those bright fucking lights of like what i'm saying I-, I don't know has the intention and the magic that it's supposed to have that i don't even have to say the words in order mm. and you know how deep this feeling is like the intention was so fierce that the strange wordings of the phrases had that much more impact. Mm. And, you know, he, he fought with mental illness and et cetera. And that doesn't make him more gifted because of it. And I, I don't like that trope either, mm-hmm. but there was a kind of self-censorship that wasn't there. And there was a kind of, beauty that was there that just was so immediate and you know like daniel johnson has it too yeah big time those two died too close together and i'm not over it like i'm not okay with a world without people out there representing for the freaks like like the freaks can't all go away like they can't they can't be gone If the way is clear, my friend, quick If the way is clear, my friend, don't kick 
Suddenly my fireplace is friendly Bringing me home Suddenly I'm big control Take little things meaning big So I know I'm not alone Suddenly I'm not sick Won't you be and bring me home Be and bring me you know there are people out there who think that there are artists that everything they do is great mm-hmm. and their shit doesn't stink you know and then there are people oh it's such a bad it's, it's not the right way to put it i'm trying to figure out a way to put it but there are people like rocky erickson and daniel johnson and so on and so forth who were just so and good and you don't you don't need to know the whys or wherefores Mm -hmm. the tragedy of their lives or not tragedy of their lives is for someone else to just doctor it up with but it doesn't need it because that intention is so powerful that you know like you're explaining something just affecting you yeah like boom you know three words in a certain order and his voice cracks and his guitar is in a weird tuning and I'm weeping my eyes out. The vibrations are there. I don't know how crazy I sound explaining it, but... I get it. I get it, Nico, because that is how I feel when I listen to your music. The vibrations are there. It's just how it is. So, you are a light and... I just want to thank you once again. I wish we could keep talking for hours and hours more, but I want you to get rest and heal up. But a million thanks, Nico. Thank you for having me. And congratulations on your book. It's beautiful. Oh, Nico. Thank you. Get well soon. That's it for the show. Thank you again to Nico Case for being such a force of nature and a source of wild inspiration. Do you have questions, feedback, need some witchly advice, or just want to share something magical that happened to you recently? Drop us an email at witchwavepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, and you just might make it on the Witchwire. The Witchwave is a phantasmophile production written and produced by me, Pam Grossman. This episode was recorded and edited by Josh Wilcox and myself. Our theme music is the song Hand and Eye by Lycanthia. Special thanks go to Matt Freeman, Laura Antal, and Cece Pascal. You can check out information about this and other episodes on our website and now buy Witchwave merch at witchwavepodcast.com. Please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and give us lots of sparkly stars. It truly does make a difference and helps other people find the show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at WitchWavePod. And you can check out my witch emoji for iPhone by going to witchemoji.com or downloading it in the App Store. Please consider pre-ordering my book, Witchcraft, or picking up my book, Waking the Witch, which is available everywhere now. 
And if you want more Witch Wave or you would just like to support the show, please join us over on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash witchwave. Thank you so much for listening. Witches are the future. I'll catch you next time on The Witch Wave. <laughs>